Well, it's good to be here again. And there's actually a whole sequence that, uh, in this that started last year when I first came, almost a year ago. Uh, because the journey has been that um, the leadership we were involved and then we did a whole weekend uh, looking at the history of the church, praying through some of the history of the church, um, and coming to a point of amazing blessings and declarations that were all up on the wall. I've got some of them on the, uh, on the PowerPoint, we're going to look at it uh, in a moment, because they're all linked with what God was saying about the church. And then um, in January, we looked at identity, who we are, which is very important in the whole place of prayer, because if we don't really know who we are, we don't really, you know, we don't know who God is. And so we, you know, we need to be sure in who we are to start declaring, to start, um, you know, blessing where we are. Last time we looked at our relationship with Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the fact that we're entwined with them, and that's important in prayer as well. And when I woke up this morning, I was amazed what I had, uh, because it's not what I thought I was totally going to speak on. Um, but he wants to give you an upgrade. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to come to that later. But what I want to share at the beginning is very, very relevant to prayer and to where we are in the nation right now. I mean, has anybody ever met such chaos? Mm -hmm. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> Could we have the tape off at this point? Could it just be turned off at this moment for one of the hours? But I woke up on Wednesday with a real sense that there was political weariness in the nation. You know, we're weary of what's going on. We're weary of what's happening. Um, and it's at all levels. I mean, it's, I think it's with the politicians. I don't know how our dear Prime Minister keeps going. I mean, Strasbourg, Monday night, then she was back in the House on Tuesday. Um, you know, government officials, uh, prayers, the church and the general public, I think there is a political weariness uh, around. And I was reminded of Isaiah 20, uh, 40, 29 to 31, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even the youths grow weary, tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those whose hope is in the Lord, and we've been singing about that this morning, those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. And uh, 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, uh, now but David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. I mean, that's a great point of stress, isn't it? Uh, because the soul of all the people were aggrieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I seem to be in a season where um, I seem to be wide awake some point between two and five at the moment. I mean, it's, it's I'm awake. You know, it's not just sort of you turn over in bed because you're, you're half here and half not. And as I was praying on Thursday, I had a sense of the government being supported and carried on pillars. And the pillars are the worshipping and praying church. 
The picture actually ch uh, then changed to a coffin being carried out and a false triumphant person being carried on the shoulders of people coming into view. This person's face kept changing from being nice and lovely to being manipulative and controlling. Behind him came Jesus riding on a donkey and in his wake was peace, calm and order. And I think to do with the worshipping and praying church is ushering Jesus into the whole scene. Mm. Um, you know, I have a real sense that we need to put away our judgments and lack of hope and trust and frustrations um, about the Prime Minister, about the government, and strengthen ourselves in God. Here's our hope, our personal and national security. Here's the foundation of the nation. You know, I'm sure you don't want to be, and I don't want to be, like the children of Israel wandering around the wilderness for 40 years because we're moaning and groaning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, God was very gracious to them in that time. Their shoes didn't wear out. He provided manna every day, and he guided them with a cloud and fire. I wonder, and I'm going to put this out as an I wonder, our frustrations, our anger, our judgments could be hindering God's will from being carried out. He is wanting our cooperation to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just have a sense that as a church in the nation, as a family of God in the nation, uh, to arise as a praying, worshipping community we are actually going to be strengthening the government at this time. It sounds absolutely, you know, naturally it sounds bizarre, mm -hmm. but I have a sense that as a worshipping, praying family of God in the nation, we are going to be supporting the government, we're going to be supporting the people in the nation, because it affects all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, some people may not care, uh, they're too, you know, too focused on other issues, but actually it affects all of us. And um, I remember an old song that, was, uh, that said, We have a hope that is steadfast and certain, gone through the curtain and touching the throne. You know, family of God, we have a hope that is steadfast and certain. Um, and as Huey are sons of God, now if you remember when I talked back on identity, we are sons and daughters, but a son of God is a Huey or son with authority. And as Huey or sons of God, we are in a unique position of having our security and trust in our almighty God, our Heavenly Father, and not in any political system. Now is the time for the sons of God to be revealed, that's uh, Romans 8. Now is the church's finest hour to arise and be who we are, sons and daughters of almighty God, creator of the universe. It's in him that all things hold together, not any political party or international or a continental alliance or anything. And if my people, we know this very well, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That verse is so familiar, but there's a missing jewel there's a jewel in there that we so often miss. Um, my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face. Now, if you look back in the Hebrew there, it's seeking my face in worship. 
And I believe that's the missing jewel in that verse that we so often, uh, you know, people say, well, if we humble ourselves and pray and we confess, you know, turn from our wicked ways, then God will heal our land. But the missing jewel in there is worship. And I would like to suggest that part of turning from our, their wicked ways is the division in the church, our individual pride and arrogance in thinking we're right on our view of Brexit <laughs> because we all hold an opinion of some sort. I mean, you get a group of, I get a group of my friends together, and we've all got opinion on it, you know. <laughs> and, and just um, Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine us on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the, nation, guide the nations of the earth. May all the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest. May God... Bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will feed, fear, uh, fear him. And I believe strength and endurance for the politicians and governments at this time, and wisdom for them, comes from a praying, worshipping church. And uh, I would like to encourage us all not to grow weary, but to strengthen ourselves in the Lord to continue to lift up the arms of our prophets. I mean, who knows, this might go on for two years. <laughs> yeah, but don't let's, let's lose sight of we are part of the process as the worshipping church and praying church. So we can strengthen ourselves in the Lord when nobody else has that resource and facility uh, in the nation. Um, and we are in a unique position. And I had a sense too that Father would thank all of you, all of us, for standing in the gap, fearlessly praying and seeking his face. He says, well done, good and faithful servants. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And he encourages us to continually renew ourselves in him. But I, I really have a sense that this is the church. It could be the church's finest hour. And if we put away our differences, we put away um, <clears throat> lack of hope and betterness and everything else, um, and strengthen ourselves in the Lord, and rise up as a praying, worshipping church across the nation, I believe that we are going to be, we are going to be who we should be. You know, the head and not the tail, those that are um, support... Uh, the nation. And it's the same for a town. You know, a worshipping town together, um, tremendous support and resource to that to the town. And so I just want to encourage us all, if you feel you've grown weak and weary, go and have a chat with Father. Um, and remember those verses, those that... Uh, I <laughs> Isaiah, yes. Yes. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. They will run and not grow weary. 
And I have a sense, I mean, they're, they're prophetic words, aren't they, about the nation being brought to its knees, humility coming, and revival breaking out. And, I mean, that's going to take, we've got to then keep going, because we, we want to see revival supported. We don't want it to fade out. We want it to continue and grow. And there's something about uh, a united church in a town worshipping together, you know, like 2 Chronicles 5, where the priests have come uh, without their divisions and the glory of God for, for You know, they sing one song together with one heart and one mind. And actually, this Lent course is a brilliant way of, of starting to do that. Um, coming across the churches um, to be together. And so that's just what I want to, I want to encourage you in that because I think we just need to something needs to happen, doesn't it? When God is our only help. Mm-hmm. And to strengthen ourselves and him. Um, yeah, we are in a unique position as the family of God. Lord Jesus. So, Swanley, a wonderful place to be, a wonderful place to live, So last time when I came, I came early, and um, it was a Saturday afternoon, and and a Rex and Doom kind of drove me round Swanley, and we went to all sorts of places so I could take photographs. (laughs) This is your town crest. And it reflects some of the very nature of Swanley. Those apples and uh, fruit and what have you um, are a symbol of the fruitfulness on the land that was here originally. Mm. Swanley, I declare, is a fruitful place. And you live in a fruitful place. And I think that's so exciting. You're a gateway because we'll... uh, There'll be some maps later, and you are a gateway into the whole sort of southeast Kent area. Mm-hmm. And um, that fits with some, an upgrade I have a sense Father has for you today. So that's your town crest, that's the, the old one. Um, apparently, that's up in the town hall. There's an awful lot of information. If you want to know about your town, there's an awful lot of information online. So, where I want to start. And for me, this is incredibly exciting because I've taught on this stuff ages ago, but I've got a whole lot more, more revelation. So I'm doing that first before I go into you know, what I've had before. What I want you to do is picture, close your eyes, and picture in your Holy Spirit creative imagination as I attempt to read from Genesis chapter 1. I say attempt because I've lost my glasses this morning. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not going to read it this morning. Do you want someone else to read it? No, it's okay. Oh, that's it. 
But close your eyes and picture Father Jesus and Holy Spirit, Jehovah Elohim, creating the world. The land was void and without form. And then there was night and day. There were plants, there were trees, there were animals. I love there was a giraffe, there was an ant, there was a hippopotamus. Imagine the fun they had with this. There were fish, there were titlers, there were whales. Sun, moon, and stars all came into being. And in each day, God looked and said, This is good. And then he created man. And he said, Not good for man to be alone. So he created woman. And he said to them, I want you to look after this land. I want you to tend it. I want you to love it. I want you to care for it. I want you to steward it. And as you're in this picture of creation, God is there. His presence is there. Communication with him is there. His love flows there. Adam and Eve chat to him, talk to him. They have three-way conversations together. And Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit created the world with their love. They created it with their word, but with, it came with huge love from their hearts. Adam and Eve would have that same love for Eden. They would tend it with love and care. They would nurture it. They would fertilize it. But they treasured it. Open your eyes. The land of Swanley is part of God's original creation. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Created with his love and care. For everybody he had destined to live in Swanley over the years to enjoy. The land of Swanley is part of God's original creation. Just, just pause and think about that for a moment. Selah, I think we call it in the Psalms. Just pause and think about it.
So originally, the same lushness, the same love that was in Eden was in on Swami, was in Swami. Wasn't no houses there perhaps at that time. Weren't any houses. So just chat with your neighbour. What would the community in Eden have been like? You're in Eden, you're part of it. I'm now just using my, stretching my imagination a bit. But you're part of the community in Eden. What would it have been like? Just talk with those around you about what it would have been like. Very fruitful round here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anything else? Fruitfulness. Yeah. Sorry? Yes. Absolutely. It would have been full of love, wouldn't it? Full of harmonious relationships. No one going without, because I grow pears and you grow carrots, so we're going to exchange those. That was where trade first came in. I'm very excited. Um, so it would have been a fruitful, loving, interactive place. That sleep would have been good. It would have been a place of peace and tranquility. No pollution. Sorry? No pollution. No. <laughs> and creation would have been at its fullest extent worshipping God. Very interesting concept. A joyful place. Yes. yes. Sun, moon and stars worship, don't they? They read the Psalms. So, Acts 17, 28. It's no accident that you live in Swanley, okay? That's, uh, and it says, he is not served by human hands. He doesn't need anything. He himself gives life and bread to all people. He also gives life to everything else that they have. From one man, he made all the people of the world. Now they live all over the earth. He decided exactly when they should live, and he decided exactly where they should live. Isn't that amazing? Mm. So we need to be actually content with where we're living unless God is, you know, moving us on and we're in transition. <laughs> um, God did this so that people would seek him, then perhaps they would reach out for him and find him. They would find him even though he is not far from any of us. In him we live and move and exist. As some of your poets have often have also said, we are his children. You know, it's no accident that you're living in Swanley. It's no accident that you're living in the street you are. It's no accident that you have the neighbours you have. It's no accident that you live near a school or you live near a pedestrian crossing. I had a thing, didn't I, when I last time, I think about road safety hmm. uh, in Swanley. It's no accident that you're where you are. It's no accident that you work where you are and you commute, if you commute, you commute to where you work. So, yeah. 
Another other verses that um, part of Genesis one. And so the third paragraph got down. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves in the in the ground, on the ground. Yeah, we have been given a mandate to look after the land, to care for the places we live, to care for the places uh, the people who, who live here. Isn't that an amazing responsibility? Mm-hmm. This one gets me to the core. Jeremiah 12, 4. The land is laid to waste because there is no one to take it to heart. Can I ask you a question this morning? Would you take Swanley into your heart to take care of it, to look after it? You know, and I've been seeing, what I've been sensing over a lot of things, because God is challenging me a lot about a lot of stuff, because he's speaking to me a lot about a lot of stuff, giving me revelation, and I've got to live in it first. Um, you know, it's like a little baby. If you, if you consider, now Swanley isn't a little baby, <laughs> it's a mature town, but if you understand what I'm saying in this, you know, we have a little baby, we look after it, we nurture it, we make sure it's got the right food, we take care of it, we make sure it's got fresh air, we have the right food, um, right sleep, right clothes, right, and we care and nurture that little one. And I just have a, a sense that, you know, for our towns, cities and villages, we need to have that same care and nurture of it, to take it into our hearts like a little baby. <laughs> and we can take care. Now that doesn't mean we dominate. It doesn't mean we dominate our streets. But we take into our hearts the people who are there, the businesses that are there, the schools that are there, the youth groups that are there, the everything else that's there. One thing I'm really impressed about with Swanley, it'll come up later, um, we went to the Heroes Wall. Mm-hmm. That is really rude. It really is. And that's part of the care of Swanley. You know, remembering those who gave their lives in the wars as heroes. And that, that, really, that really, really impressed me. Um, that, that there's that love and that care and recognition of what those people did. Um, and, you know, if, if we struggle with this, because I struggle with some of this stuff sometimes, and it's really, Father, give me your heart for my community, my street, the people who live next door. They might be an absolute pain. But they're actually creating the image of God just like I am. <laughs> but Father, give us your heart for Swanley. Give us your heart for our streets and our neighbourhoods. Yeah, 1 John 4, 8 and 16. God is love. He knows nothing else how to be but love. He is love through and through. Now if I had a stone, a stone is a stone through and through. And it's like 
Father is love through and through. Sometimes it's tough love. You know, he knows what's good for us. But if he didn't admonish us, as the words that the Bible says, you know, he doesn't really love us and care for us. So God is love. And, oops, that's a bit small. For God so loved the world that he gave. That word world is cosmos, which means everything but God. It means world systems, it means people, it means everything that's not God. It means the environment, the creation and everything. So God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That was his passion for the world, the entire world. And that's the heart he wants us to, to capture for Swanley. You know, you may say, Caroline, I thought you were going to pray on how to pray for Swanley. But unless we have caught Father's heart for Swanley, we are actually praying quite superficially. Praying because perhaps we know we ought to. Um, because somebody else has said so. Because the church is in a season of prayer. Or this, that and the other. But Father wants us to catch his heart. You know, he so loved the world that he gave Jesus. And 2 Corinthians 5 says that God is reconciling the world to himself, that word cosmos again. So he is reconciling the world to um, himself. And he has sent us as ministers of reconciliation. And so we're part of that reconciliation process. Isn't that exciting? Mm -hmm. And isn't it exciting that we are here? I'm saying this to some friends of mine this week. Isn't it exciting that we're here in 2019 in the Brexit process because we've been destined that we are the right people to be here. I mean, think about that one. I mean, that's truth, isn't it? And so to arise as a praying and worshipping church, individual churches, but collective church, family of God in the nation, is what we're so privileged to be able to do to support the government to see things happen as you know, for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm not making any judgment, political judgment statement to you in, the, in that at all. What I'm saying is, this is the way to pray. This is the way to go. Because we are so privileged to be born for such a time as this. Every day of our lives is ordained before one of them come into being, Psalm 139. And um, so, yeah. I mean, you may not think, oh, what is going on? But Father, you have called me for such a time as this, actually to be an Esther, to go into the king, and say, you know, your kingdom come, deliver our nation, be a, you know. And may our nation be in the right place at the right time. So, I mentioned the sort of transition or the, the sequence over the last year that's been, yeah, <coughs> that's been going on um, since I've been privileged to come on the journey with you. And one of the statements that came out last, last year was, Swanley is a city on a hill close to heaven. It is a gateway for the truth where God, by his cleansing breath, 
accomplishes his plan. And the verse attached to that is Micah 4 2. Many nations will come and say, Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Yay! This is Swanley. Is that good? And as I went through the declaration statements, because I thought, well, I need to look these up again, because I'm sure there's something in there that is relevant to what we're talking about today. Because, you know, there's a whole sequence that God does. We had this uh, declaration on godly governance, and at the end it says, I declare that Christ Church has been the, uh, given the ability to solve problems with love and to be an influential voice in, in Swanley. In in Swanley. Whoa, what about that? Then there was one about revival. It is the perfect landing pad for the spirit of revival and the harvest of souls. Uh, God is giving to Christ Church Swanley expansion of his kingdom and influence on the earth. Hey! Very good. This is who you are, guys. And we can get so caught up with who's on the coffee motor. <laughs> you, know, you know, you can. Who's on the coffee motor? Who's on the door this morning? Who's on this? Who's, uh, who's leading worship? And thank you for leading this morning and the songs you brought. They were so relevant. You know, we get so caught up with that that we miss and we forget the bigger picture. You know, it's like being down on the coal face. When I was 17, I went down a coal mine. And you're just so focused down on the coal mine on the pit face with your uh, light on. And we can, we can, you know, we can get like that. We can be so busy on the coal face that we forget, you know, I remember coming, we all came up the lift and came out after the sun was shining. We thought, oh, isn't this lovely? You know, we forget the bigger picture. We forget who we are called to be. And so, as... Christchurch, you have amazing influence. I believe Christchurch One is called to be a beacon of light, light and a safe place for all who is seeking refuge and truth. Come on! We show the world, and your immediate world as your neighbours and uh, the town, how the Father loves. Jesus, as we display, as we display love and humility to one another. So there's a key there, isn't there? Love and humility to one another. The mantle of anointing flows throughout our leadership and congregation into the town of Swanley. Christchurch Swanley pursues to grow in the depth, height, and width of Father's love for the church and for the people of Swanley. Yes, now I like this one. I'm called to be a light bearer and carrier of the good news of salvation, deliverance, and healing. And then pure water is flowing from heaven into Christchurch Swanley cleansing the church from all impurity and defilement, pure, the pure water ripples out into Swanley. Hey! Does this give you fuel for prayer? <laughs> so, I just want us to see the bigger picture. 
And the river there that's talked about is, I think, the river of Revelation 22 that flows from the throne with the trees either side that bear fruit in their season mm. that are for the healing of the nations. Mm. But look at this. We're part of the globe. God's eternal plan. So we're not just little Christchurch only. We're part of the bigger picture. Now just think, it's quarter to eleven nearly now. There are churches worshipping God around the world at this time. There's some who are an hour ahead. There's some who are now behind. There's some who are 12 hours ahead and they're almost in bed. And there's some yet to get up and worship. We are part of that global picture of, of the family of God worshipping and praising him. Then we're in the UK. We're part of the UK. Then we're part of Kent. And then we're Swanley. We're here at Swanley. There is, there's an importance about alignment. Of aligning ourselves um, <coughs> with what God is doing globally, what he's doing in the nation, what he's doing in Kent, and what he's doing in Swanley, because they're all connected right the way through. Now, both of us are going to be getting together because we've been saying there's no identity. England doesn't have an identity. And there's, there's going to be a group of us get together to, to start talking to God about the identity of England. Because if you don't know who you are, You're tossed around by every wind of doctrine. So, and then there's Kent. Now, I don't know whether any of you were around in 2006. And Sharon Stone, Dr. Sharon Stone, not the singer, uh, Dr. Sharon Stone, uh, did a tour of every county uh, in the UK and prophesied over it. And um, so I emailed the office this week, her office this week, and said, is it possible to have the Kent one? I have 20 pages <laughs> of prophetic words over Kent. So I'm going to email it to Phil. But you come in the context of Kent. And so... You're in the swan then. There's a bigger picture. You're part of God's eternal plan here of salvation. You're part of his global plan of praise and worship. Isn't that amazing? So, why love swanless? You know, we've talked about the love and care that Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, created the world with. We've talked about, you know, nurturing as a little baby. 
or toddler. But if we are to pray effectively for our towns and change, we need to love it. We need to put aside any judgments we may have made about it. We may, need to put aside any, uh, oh crumbs, I wish I could move from here. God doesn't move me on. <laughs> because we've disassociated ourselves with Act 17. That he, he plans every place for us to live. And so we disassociate ourselves with the blessings that could flow through us into Swanley. And we love Swanley because Father loves it. He's passionate about it. Every little blade of grass he's passionate about. He's passionate about all the people because he's created them to live in Swanley for such a time as this. And actually given them given them to us for our care. Not in a controlling way or anything, but you know, to watch out for them. So why love swanness? Close your eyes and just ask the Holy Spirit to show you, do I really love swanness? Just ask him to show you any judgments you've made over Swanley, any disassociation that you have made because you wish you really didn't, really didn't wish you lived here, you wish you lived somewhere else. But he wants in the next five minutes to make a real connection with the land here, with his part of the um, of creation here. And with his people. So I'm going to invite you to stand because we're going to, I'm going to lead you in a collective prayer. And just ask God's forgiveness for any way we can love swanning and want to be here, you know, um, and just so that we clear some ground so he is able to flood into your heart the great love that he has for swanning. So if you'd like to follow me. Father, we thank you for Swanley. Father, we thank you for Swanley. We thank you that it's part of your creation. We thank you that it's part of your creation. Thank you that you love, care and nurture it. Thank you that you love, care and nurture it. And we ask your forgiveness. And we ask your forgiveness. For any judgment. For any judgment. We have made over Swanley. We have made over Swanley. Any negativity we any negativity we have about Swanley. Any way we have dissociated ourselves with Swanley. And any way we have dissociated ourselves from Swanley. By not wanting to live here. By not wanting to live here. Or be here. Or be here. 
And we break the power. And we break the power. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Of those negative statements. Of those negative statements. We cut ourselves free. We cut ourselves free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We choose to forgive anyone. We choose to forgive anyone. Who has cursed Swanley. Has passed Swanley by. Has passed Swanley by. Or said anything negative. Or said anything negative. And we forgive them. And we forgive them. And we release them. And we release them. And based on 1 John 1 9. And based on 1 John 1 9. When we confess our sins. When we confess our sins. God is faithful and just. God is faithful and just. To forgive us our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, I thank you, based on that verse, I thank you for the cleansing power of your blood, of the blood of Jesus, right now, across everybody in this room, across the church, and across Swanley. Every negative word that's been spoken, I thank you for the cleansing power of your blood, Jesus. And, Father, I ask right now, For the love that you have for Swanley, for the people, for the land, for its purpose, I ask you to fill my heart with that love. Give me your, Father, I ask that you will give them your eyes and your heart for Swanley. They may see Swanley as you see it. They tend and care for Swanley like you, you do. a renewed sense of joy for living here, for being here. And God, you so love the world cosmos that you gave Jesus. You gave Jesus for Swanley. For every man, woman and child in Swanley. May our hearts just burn with the same love that you have for every man, woman and child here. Every part of creation. In Jesus' name.